All right, I'm making this podcast for reasons that I think are very much needed. Now, this is a podcast that won't go too long, but I wanted to speak about Russell Westbrook and the whole state of where he's at on the team. And also, I wanted to speak about people's reaction to his horrible play. Now, before the season started, I made a few videos and I believe I even made a podcast back on the Hoop Food platform about the fact that Russell was very horrible in Washington and in Houston. And this was very much known at the time. And even when the Lakers played him in the bubble, we did not guard him at the three-point line. You can go back and watch the bubble when we played Houston. We put AD on him. We put JaVale on him because we knew we couldn't shoot. And there were times when we almost didn't even guard him. And they tried to chalk it up to, oh, he had COVID. And they tried to chalk it up to, oh, he had an injury. And, you know, anybody that had actually watched Russell for years and scouted on him and, and watched film on him knew that's baloney. That's who he is. And don't get me wrong, he's had great years. Like, we all know he's had, when he won the MVP, he had a great year. But let me declare this. A lot of players, I think even Russell right now, could have a a solid year stat-wise if he was around just a team that were going to lay at his feet and give him the ball every time. And he had tons of shooters. But on a team like this now that has no shooters, really, and they need shooters, especially if you're going to be, you know, a guard out there, it's not going to work. You know, you got pretty much two guys that are capable of playing the five in LeBron and AD. You know, I know LeBron's more of a a four at this point, and and AD's more of a stretch five at at best. Um, But the point that I'm trying to make is that Russ doesn't fit into that equation. Because he can't shoot. Just because he is a guard, what kind of guard is he is what matters. Um, but the point I'm trying to make going back is just that if you watched Russell throughout his whole career, you would know that he doesn't fit on this team, one. Two, he's always been suspect. Even when Russell was in his prime and he was, you know, seeming like a, a great duo with KD, Russell would always make boneheaded moves where you go, that doesn't make any sense. And everybody was used to say at the time, oh, he's going to outgrow this. Oh, he's going to get better. Oh, he's going to learn how to be a point guard one day. Oh, he's going to learn how to shoot one day. Oh, he's going to, you know, they would always say all these things about him. And a lot of people whispered, no, he won't. He won't learn. He's not a point guard. People thought that at the time. He's not a point guard. And I think that's a bit overstated because Russ is pretty damn good at distributing the ball, but on the right kind of team. Like when he, when when Russ is the only person on the team who should have the ball and there's shooters all around him, he's not bad. He's not horrible. Like he's not, he, like he's, a, he's above average at least. But, but when you have a team that has LeBron James on it and Anthony Davis down low, it's like, we don't need you to, to dive in. We need you to shoot that three-pointer. 
And that's something if you notice, and I haven't, you know, I'm a, I'm a diehard Laker fan. And it, and it, it kind of breaks my heart to see this season because I knew what kind of player Russell was long before he ever even got to Houston, you know. It was very much on notice. And I'm talking about NBA insider guys because I watch, I, I listen to a lot of basketball content. I read a lot of basketball content. And it was very much uh, public knowledge that Russell Westbrook was not good at overcoming um, scouting, you know, against him. And there's been many years, even the years when people swore he was great, that other coaches and other, you know, you know, offices scouted against him with ease because they, he's predictable and his game isn't really modern. So even when we look at his MVP season, you saw great stats. You saw even he had a very clutch year that year. But the reason why he flamed out in the playoffs so quickly is because that stuff doesn't really work as much as it's entertaining. And that's why that year when he got the MVP, I was very much unsure of that selection. Now, I've heard smart people say they think he deserved it, and I respect that. But for the the whole year, and when it came down to it, and when he was about to win the MVP, I was saying, like, I mean, he's putting up great numbers, but I don't feel like just because you're getting a triple-double every night, that means you're playing well or that the team's playing well, or that you're just head and shoulders above better than someone who's not getting a triple-double. Because if you really understand these things and how they work, it's about usage. It's about how the team plays. Like, there's some... I think LeBron could do the same thing. If LeBron wanted to get a triple-double every night, he could do it. Like, how... He could easily do it. Like, he, it, but he's not going to play that way, <laughs> you know? Because it might sacrifice the team. And also, uh, just a quick note on that. That year, and this is that year I was probably reading the most articles um, around the NBA. And it was very well documented that the Thunder team was facilitating that, that, that whole process. Like, they would let Russ get wide open rebounds and Steven Adams would get out the way and, and let Russ get the rebound and... You know, even in times when, like, it wasn't productive for the team, they were allowing this to happen. Um, but that team was, it, you know, they needed Russell to do that to a degree. So, um, but that doesn't mean that one player doing everything with a 30 usage, it, it's, it's like you're almost throwing the baby out with the bathwater. It's not going to work. Um so that, that that's just my my flashback point on Russ. But getting back to more to uh, his more recent years. Oh, let me speak on this. KD for sure. There's there's a there's a lot of belief that KD left because of that. But getting back towards his more recent years, you look at uh, I think it was in Washington, or was it Houston? He shot twenty five percent from the three point line. Then I already mentioned how we guarded him in the bubble, Houston of uh, Houston versus the Lakers. How they guarded him in the bubble, they didn't even guard him at the three point line. And part of the, the the game plan was to just let Russ, you know, make them lose. 
And I'm saying all of that to say, how did the Lakers see all that, do all that, and go, we'll pick him up for $44 million, And we'll throw away Caruso, who was loved by, like, by Laker fans. Like, loved. Even before the bubble year, that he was loved. It was very much well known that Caruso was great at defense, makes winning plays, doesn't cost a whole lot of money. Not not the greatest shooter, but he's capable. And he's not a he's not a team negative. See, like when you talk about team construction, you gotta focus on who's a negative and who's a positive. Every piece has to be a contributing piece. You don't have to be the best player. You don't you don't make a great team because you go and get the best players in the NBA. You make a team great by getting a bunch of net positive players. Caruso, KCP, etc., etc., etc. Like Austin Reeves is a net positive player. He's not that great of a player, but he's a net positive. He doesn't take from the team. If 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 we work some action out on the perimeter, and Reeves gets the ball at the three point line. He can he has the ability to shoot that ball, and that keeps the team balanced. And that's what matters in the NBA is you have to have the ability to not take from the team. Don't negate all that things we just did to get you an open shot, to not have the skill set to knock you down. And that's Russ's problem, majorly. If Russ could just shoot the ball. He would be a way better player, you know? And one thing I think they need to do with Russell, honestly, is I think they need to stop allowing him the privilege to um, pretty much be a point guard. They need to stop allowing him ball handling privileges. Like, I'm, I mean, you could bring the ball up, but honestly, like, we don't really need you to do much else. Just play defense, rebound, cut, you know what I mean? Like stuff like that. But as far as like the turnover, like we you 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 shouldn't have that privilege anymore. And I was even I'm even so far going to the point of saying I don't think he should play. Whether he gets traded or not, because you know you're on a contract that nobody really may want. Whether Russ gets traded or not, he should not play. He should not play. And you see how finicky the NBA is and how fake it is because he should have been stopped playing. And he shouldn't even be on the team is my point. That's the point I'm trying to make. He shouldn't even be on the team. The fact that they blew that team up for what it was is so ridiculous to me. Just to get Russell Westbrook, it's ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense at all. Even like you look at our centers, we had we picked up. Dwight Howard and DeAndre Jordan, who DeAndre Jordan, he wasn't good in Brooklyn either. And this was public knowledge. This was, it's not like this was like, oh, we didn't know he wasn't good. DeAndre Jordan hasn't been good since he was on the Clippers down there. Like, like it's been known. The dude stopped playing defense. The dude got. So, I mean, these are things where I, I then I look at Lakers front office. There must be something going on in there. And you can you can go, oh, LeBron wanted Russ, and LeBron is LeBron that. I don't care. LeBron is not the Lakers. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's people that have been Laker fans for 
decades. LeBron Ben just got here. We got like 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 we don't need the Lakers are bigger than LeBron by far. We've we've had many Hall of Fame players, many titles come in. We don't need to do this thing with um you know, or LeBron gets whatever he wants. And I'm not saying that's what happened. I don't know if that's what happened. Um, I'm just making the point that I think the Lakers and how they approached it was very short-sighted. I am happy that LeBron got a title. And I'll even say this. For a second, I, I, I suspected that, I mean, you know, I've never seen LeBron really fail. So because of that, and I mean in terms of just like when it gets down to it, I've seen him always come through because he's just that good. So when they came out with the roster and I saw LeBron endorsing Russell, I was like, maybe this can work only because every time I've ever bet against LeBron, I've been wrong every time. Um, But like I said, I've been publicly, I've been a hater of Russell Westbrook for many years since he's been in OKC. I've told people that I thought he was trash and I thought his game was trash. Very talented player. Um. But like I said, I think many players have the ability to, to do crazy stats. You know, there's players all around the league that can get probably 30 a night. But at what cost to the team? You know, what at, to what cost to the structure? You know, what, at what cost to... There's a lot of talent in the NBA. But um, IQ is not um, in abundance. So I don't want to go too much longer on this. I try to keep these episodes at least... You know, inside 15 minutes. Um, I just wanted to hop on and say, hey, this Russell situation doesn't surprise me at all. And if I can, before I, I, I get off of here, let me speak a little bit on Carmelo Anthony. Um, I know he shot the ball well, but he cannot switch in the pick and roll. And he can't dribble the ball. So wait for the playoffs. And he's another guy that I look at and I go, why in the hell would you ever pick him up? Even when Portland picked him up, I'm like, that's cute, but we all know that's not going to go anywhere. It's, it, I mean, you're giving him a, you get, you're trying to give Melo this uh, pity run, and I don't, you know, it's like I, I don't, I don't mind it because he's a great, he was a great player, in his prime, and he should be celebrated. But we're trying to win a title. We're not trying to give charity. And as many people that think Melo is a positive on the team, like I, it's close. It's it's, a, it's it's way different both than Russell, obviously. But I think something that NBA fans need to understand is wait for the playoffs, and you'll see what's really going on. Um, that's when things really come out into into the light of of what's going on and what's what. Um, who's actually. Um, doing things on the team that are net positives once you know there's an opponent scouting you you know over and over again every night so that that's the episode this is the hoop food podcast being presented by feed companion um which will encase chart food mind food and game food also um where i'm getting on here and i'll talk about either basketball sometimes i'll talk about investing or gaming or uh just dope ideas or whatever i want to talk about the state of what i'm building and um my website and all that other good stuff so i'll catch y'all next time um 
more Laker content. I'm a Laker fan. I try. I, I don't want to make this heavy Laker stuff, but um, it's hard not to. It's where you know this is what I grew up on. So um, I'll catch you guys next time. Um, and probably we'll be doing a lot during the playoffs. So stay tuned for that.